Luke chapter 19 says, For the Son of Man came to and to the lost. We mentioned it last week that Jesus changed the status quo. When Jesus came, He went to where the people were at and established a connection with them and asked them to follow Him. That was completely opposite of the Jewish custom. And that was when if you wanted to study the law, you would go to the rabbi and you would ask the rabbi if I could follow and be your disciple. And the rabbi would make the decision based off the way you looked, based off if he thought he could, that you could make him look good, if he would allow you to become his disciple. And instead of an invitation that, J- that Jesus gave, the rabbis asked for an application. We talked about that last week. Today's message is... Uh, I, I truly believe with all my heart, I need you to hear me when I say this, is the most important message you will ever hear in a given year. And we will do this same type of series every year that we are in existence because we've got to keep this at the forefront of why we exist as a church and why we exist, why we are here as people on this earth. And I, I truly believe if Jesus were standing here Listen to me. This would be the message he would give you. I've titled today's message, Let's Go Fishing. (laughs) It's time we share our story. We've talked about it the last two weeks. The importance of sharing your story. We've heard now four different stories of people. And what have we learned from those four stories? Everyone has a story. Everyone has a different way of connecting. Your way of connecting is not the same as my way of connecting. Your story matters to you. Your story matters to people. Your story matters to God. You have a story that needs to be shared. Okay? Why do we share our faith or why do we share our story? Write down number one. Because this is our calling in life. Several months ago, I asked you guys this very question. Do you remember these? Filling these things out? Yeah? You guys thought I just did that for fun and threw them away and, oh, you feel like a churchy thing to do? No. I had reason. And when I asked you to fill them out, one of the questions was, what is my calling? And another question was, how can I start my calling? And overwhelmingly, what is my calling? The answer really was, I want to help people. Overwhelming, that was what most people put on there. And when we asked, how can I start my calling? Overwhelmingly, the answer was, I don't know. So the good thing is, we're all in the same boat. (laughs) And today, you're going to have your answer. (laughs) You guys ready for this? Um, People ask... A question like that all the time. And the question is simply, what's God's will for my life? What is my calling? What is my purpose? Why am I here? And I want to show you in the Bible, and God makes it very, very clear. So let's open up your, or let's get out your outline. Matthew chapter 5, it says, let me tell you why you're here. (laughs) Well, I think that's the best explanation we can get whenever Jesus says, let me tell you why you're here. You are here to be seasoning that brings out the God flavors of the earth. Hmm. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste 
godliness. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and you will end up in the garbage. That's what the Bible says. Here's another way to put it. You are here, verse 14, to be light. Bringing out the God colors of the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. As public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I have put you there on a hilltop on a light stand, what's that say? Shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. Listen to this. Very important. Be opening up to others. You'll prompt people to open up with God. In other words, share your story and people will be open to hearing about the story that you're sharing. This generous Father in heaven. All right, we're going to look at this just for a little bit. You are to be salt. Salt makes things taste better. Another way to look at this is if you're here or you are here to help people grow deeper in their faith. Listen, the greater your relationship with God is, the greater impact you can have on their life. Number two, you are to be light. Light doesn't do much when it's already light. There's a lot of people fussing about the world right now. Oh, the world's this bad. Satan's the, 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 the darkness is covering the earth. That's the only time light can shine. If you take your phone and you turn the light on and you go out in the middle of the day in the field, who can see your light? But if the tornado comes and knocks out the power in your house and water's electric can't show up to get you turned back on, where are you going to be? In the corner of the room with the flashlight, you're going to hover around the light because the light takes away darkness. And when darkness is gone, a fear that's inside of you will, will lessen. The only time light is valuable is when darkness is present. So quit complaining about how bad of society that we're living in right now and understand that your assignment is coming to fulfillment. You are to be a light in a dark and broken America. Number three, you are to shine, which is what we're going to do next week. Some of you were popping these things earlier. We're going to go door to door next week into the neighborhood and pass out these flyers that we can be a light in a dark world. And the reason why we're doing it on a Sunday, most people would be like, why are you taking up a church Sunday? You only have 50 of them a year. Like, why? Because everyone who you meet on Sunday morning, they're not going to church. <laughs> okay, so number four, why is sharing your story so important? By opening up to others, you will prompt people to open up with God. And isn't that the goal? I've heard a lot of people over the years say that my faith is private. You've heard that? My faith is between me and God. Me and God know about this. Well, let me be real honest with you. Your opinion's wrong. Because that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that we're supposed to let our faith shine for others to see what God is doing in your life. It says in, in 2 Peter in your notes, The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise as some count, slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but all should reach 
repentance. I'm hearing many people say that the end is near. And I want to be clear that I, I think they're probably right. But I also want you to think about something. The end being near, the return of Jesus, is only good for the believer. It's not good for the non-believer. So whenever you're looking at I can't wait for Jesus to return, what you're basically saying is, I'm more important than every lost person out there. I heard a pastor say that, a well-known pastor, he's the one that put this thought in my mind that he said that the day the rapture happens is the happiest day for the believer. But Jesus stands and cries because it's the last day of hope for everyone else. We look at it as why isn't Jesus returning but you've got to remember, He is patient because He's trying to get as many people access to heaven as possible. And the longer that's delayed, more people can come to know Christ. Why do we share our faith? Number two, write this down. Because people need the Lord. People can't get to heaven without Jesus. You believe that? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And I personally think that we forget the urgency that heaven and hell are a real place. It says in your outline, John chapter 3, God didn't go to all the trouble of sending His Son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help put the world right. Again, anyone who trusts in Him is acquitted. Anyone who refuses to trust Him has long since been under the death sentence without knowing it. And why? Because of that person's failure to believe in the one of a kind Son of God when introduced to Him. People need the Lord. Number three, write down at the top of your back page. Because people want the Lord. You may or may not see it this way. saying, I don't know if everybody wants the Lord, but the, the truth of it is the Bible says in Ecclesiastes that God has put eternity in everyone's heart. Meaning inside of every single person, there is a piece of them that's looking for something more. The problem is the non-Christian goes to find that peace in the places where the peace cannot be found. Mike gave a great story a while ago. Drugs, alcohol, what was he looking for? He didn't even know, but there was something in his heart that was looking for more, and he thought things of that nature could do it. And then when he found that it couldn't, he said, that's, that, that's not what it is. There's something more for me. John 10.10 10, I came so that they can have real life 
and eternal life. And this is the cool thing about God. I, I'm not a prosperity teacher when it comes to that. I don't necessarily agree with all of that. But I do believe that when you live your life for Jesus and you serve Jesus with everything that you have, you live your life for Jesus, you serve Jesus with everything you have, you live your life for Jesus and you serve Jesus with everything you have, you live your life for Jesus and you serve Jesus with everything you have. Look what it says. More and better life than they ever dreamed of. There is a more and better life that you can have here on earth if you what? Live your life for Jesus and seek Him with everything you have. If you're playing a game with God, you will never have the fruit of what the lifestyle of following God has to offer. <laughs> following Jesus will give you a better life. Number four, because I once was lost. 2 Corinthians says, For the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all. The studies are showing us that people, this is sad, but it's, it is what it is, that people are less interested in God's people than ever before. People of this world are less interested in God's people than they've ever been before. I don't know if you re realize that, but that's not a good thing. <laughs> that, that's, that's the opposite of what we want to happen. I was studying some of the latest statistics about the state of the church across America and found something that I want to share. If a lost person meets a Christian who is actually like Christ, and the statistic shows who literally has a quality about them that makes them look like Jesus. Statistics show us that 88% of lost people will receive Jesus from that person. But the opposite is true. If a non-Christian meets a Christian and that Christian does not represent Christ well, the non-Christian has an 88% chance of never meeting Jesus. So let me say it this way so you have a clear understanding. The greatest factor in the determination of someone finding God or not finding God is you. It's not the message we teach at a church. It's not the worship. It's not the atmosphere that we can uh, conjure up in, the, in, a, in a church or whatever. The greatest factor of getting people to know Christ is the way you live your life. If you are like Christ, 88% of non-believers will listen to your story. If you are not like Christ, 88% of non-believers don't want what you have. So how do we live like Christ? How do we demonstrate the lifestyle to be the one that someone says, I want what they've got? Galatians 5.22 in your outline. But what happens when we live God's way? Oh, man, these verses just line right up with what we're talking about, don't they? He brings gifts into our lives, much the same way that fruit appears in the orchard, things like affection for others. <laughs> you actually start liking people. 
People are actually all right to be around. Sometimes. Hey. <laughs> I'm just, shouldn't have said that. That's not true. Exuberance about life. What, I mean, what, what if you showed up to work or showed up to wherever you go excited about your day? Instead of being, uh, who, who, who's that, that lady who's saying, Dad's, uh, um, uh, rainy days and Mondays always get you down. Um, am, I, am I by myself on this one? God, I need my dad here. Uh, Karen Carpenter. Karen Carpenter. She sang these songs and they were such doom and gloom songs and she went and committed suicide at the biggest singer in the world and she couldn't even find value in life because everywhere she went was rainy days and Mondays get you down. What if you walk around and say rainy days and Mondays get me excited that I get to go out and be excited today. I get excited about what God's called me to do. I get excited to be your friend. I don't like you at all, but I'm still going to be a, a friend to you. What if we changed our motive, changed our attitude? Because whenever, come on, listen, whenever we act like the world, the world will not want the God that's inside of you. And so if you walk around depressed and a melancholy, nobody wants to be around that. Sorry, that's me. I, 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 I'm, I just... All right, serenity, we'll stick back to the, what the Bible says. Serenity, we develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that's basic holiness that permeates things and people. Ooh, holiness permeates things and people. That's good. I'm going to have to go back on that one. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments not needing to force our way in life. Hmm. You ever thought about you're trying to put somebody else down to make yourself feel better so you can get the promotion? I don't know. Maybe God has a different plan. Able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. You, you've, you've probably read that scripture before, but you may have heard it this way in your outline. Joy that overflows. Peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, strength of spirit. When this is operating in your life, when you are walking in the fruits of the Spirit, 88% of people will want the God that you serve. And as you share your story, you build God's kingdom. I don't know if you remember, but that's our fourth statement of our purpose. To build God's kingdom. Look at this in green ink. You can say this. You should put this on your car. Put it on your mirror. Put it everywhere. I want my life to be so attractive that people who know me but don't know God will want to know God because they know me. Whoo! I had a lot of time this week. <laughs> I want my life to be so attractive that people who know me but don't know God will want to know God because they know me. In 2 Corinthians, Paul writes that we are God's ambassadors. What's an ambassador? Someone who shares their story. We talked in our first week of this series 
that Jesus taught his message in different methods. And he used different methods so that he could reach different people. We all have a different story, and our stories are unique to us. Our stories are our methods to teach and reach people. Our individual stories are different methods that Jesus used to reach his people. And it came down to the method all boiled down to what we just heard uh, Mike and uh, Erica use, that what was I like before Christ, what turned me to Christ, and what am I like after Christ? And then last week, we looked at the importance of setting the hook. And we gave out the lures and all that. When we fish for people, some fish are going to get away. Some fish are going to snap the lines. But that doesn't mean you stop fishing. You keep fishing. Uh, Mike and Debbie went fishing this last week. And they didn't do a whole lot of fish catching. But they kept on fishing. They kept throwing it out there. Believing the next time they threw that line out there, they were going to catch one. False hope is okay. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. Today, we wrap up, kind of sort of wrap up, what is the most important series that we will teach in a year. And it's the importance of sharing your story. The importance of sharing your faith. We read it at the beginning. What is your calling? To share your story. I want to get, give you three points to recognize when it comes to fulfilling the calling of God that has upon your life. We're going to call this points of fishing because we all know what that means, right? Points of fishing, fishing, sharing your story, sharing your stories, sharing your faith, sharing your faith, getting people saved. We get that connection? You get that? I know you've been gone for two weeks, but you get that? Yeah? Okay. Number one. Recognize the moments God gives me. God is bringing people in your pathway all the time, but the problem is we don't recognize those moments as God moments, so we don't go fishing. We're so interested and so caught up in the moment of what we're trying to get done. Trying to get a tire changed on your vehicle, trying to get the oil changed, trying to get your food at, at, the, at the restaurant. We are so enthralled with that, that there is a greater potential that a divine appointment was to be had, but you don't recognize that moment as a God divine ordained moment. Pray about those moments in your life. Every week I pray. God, give me divine moments with your people so I can share my story, so I can hear their story. Travis said it to me this morning. He was at a place where he was dealing with, in his job, what he was dealing with, and he just simply said, hey, tell me your story. It's the easiest thing I've ever done. I thought being an evangelist was complicated. I thought getting someone saved was hard. I thought get, sharing my faith was just overcomplicated. You have to have a Bible degree type thing to do. And all it was was simply share your story. Let Holy Spirit take care of the rest. Number two, refocus on the manner in which I live. Be positive 
not negative. We talked about it earlier. 88% of people you have connected with will want to follow the Jesus that you serve if they see the Jesus in you. If they don't see the Jesus in you, then they don't have, you don't have what they want. And they won't give their lives to Christ. We're to be salt and light. Walk in the fruits of the Spirit. <laughs> don't, don't be that person on social media. You, you, you little punk, I don't like you. I think you're the most worst person in the world and you're typing out your thoughts about someone else's thoughts who really doesn't give a rip and can't make any difference or any change in what's going on, but you're going to let them know you have an opinion. What if you got on there and you said, their perspective is as important as my perspective, but the problem is they don't have my God perspective, so I've got to get them to where they see the God perspective. Hey, that's a great point. I really appreciate you bringing that out. Here's the reason why I look at it this way. Now we've just changed the conversation, but in a God-honoring way. I don't say we have to act like them and be okay with what they're okay with. No, 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 no. I'm not okay with any of it. But I have a greater goal. And that's that people can see Jesus in me. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus asked 307 questions. Jesus was asked 183 questions, of which he only answered eight. Jesus 40 times more listened than proclaimed. So quit talking. Do a little more listening. Number three. Last point of how we go fishing. Relay the message of hope. You have to go fishing to catch a fish. <laughs> In closing, it is your calling, it is your purpose, no one in here or the 7,000 people that have been watching us online every week can ever look at me and say, I don't know my calling in life anymore. I don't know my purpose anymore. My calling, my purpose, the reason why I'm still here on earth is because I'm here to share my story. Let's go fishing. Father God, I pray by the authority of your word that you bring along people in our lives that are far away from you. That whenever they look at us, they see you on the inside of us. God, if there's anything in our lives that hinder the ability for you to operate in the way that you have destined for us to operate, I ask that you remove those things from us right now in Jesus' name. That our lives are a beacon of hope. We are a city set up on top of the hill to be a light that shines so that all men may know you through us. Lord, I pray for divine appointments for every single one of us. 
God, I'm praying that we recognize those moments as God moments. And in those moments, we have boldness to share the gospel. We have boldness to share our story. We have boldness to set the hook and ask the hard questions. God, I pray by the Spirit of God to move upon this place to make us people who see the lost and see the hurting, but see them through your eyes and not ours. God, I pray for stories to be shared. And for every story that's shared, represent a life that builds the kingdom. That we plant seeds of hope. That we are used for your glory to walk in our assignment to build your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in today. For more content like this, visit our website, www.pathwaychurchok.com to see the variety of ways you can download this content and so much more. It's our pleasure that you would tune in, and we believe that if you take the content you just heard, write down the parts that spoke to you, and work on a plan to apply it, you will not be the same person a year from now. We hope today you can take this content, apply it, share it, let it change you, and you can become all God has called you to become. Thank you again for tuning in. We'll be together again soon. Until then, keep growing.